The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official episode of George's Box, where you never know who's going to come out of retirement, and we're going to spend like a crazy old man. As always, I am your host, JJ, joined by my main man himself, Beefy Keith McPherson. What's going on, Keith? <laughs> where, did, where did you get Beefy from? I got a good one for that. Because <laughs> you told me Jesus Amaro called you Beefy yeah. Keith when you worked at... Uh, the first time we met, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, we don't really know each other. We've only met in person once. We've done like five, six of these test shows. But at the same time, in the first time I met Keith, he made two references to his physique as if I didn't have eyes. <laughs> so as always, beefy Keith McPherson. What's going on, Keith? What's up, man? Yeah, quick one with, with that because um, I knew you're a Bronx guy. I remember asking you like, yo, you, you like Deezus and Mero? Of course you like Deezus and Mero. And, uh, the brand is strong. Yeah, the, the brand is beastie, brolic. And um, <laughs> shout out to them. I hope to get them on the podcast one day. They're big Yankee guys. Everyone knows that. But um, yeah, back in like 2015, I was working with them at MTV and we were doing uh, Facebook Live, like when Facebook Live was a thing. I don't know, when it just came out, everyone was saying, hey, get get these guys on Facebook Live. And they went live on my phone and I'm holding the phone and I hear them refer to me as Sweet Beef Keith. And I'm like, Sweet Beef? They're like, yeah, you're Sweet Beef. And we're doing a live, so I can't really like get the explanation on that. But I'm like, oh, I'm sweet? Like, like I'm soft? Like, <laughs> what are you trying to say? I got like some sugar in my tank? After that, they're like, nah, man. They're like, they're like, we could tell you're, you're buff. You lift. And you're such a gentleman. All the girls around here like you. They say you're sweet. So we started calling you Sweet Beef. Sweet Beef Keith. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they, they are definitely aspirational guests for us. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the BX all day. Uh, DZ Samero, if you're hearing this, which I don't think they're going to listen to our first episode. But I don't know. Maybe episode uh, 200 or something. We'll, we'll get them on. So we did do we did an intro episode just to do a little bit about who we are, why we're here, all that fun stuff. And uh, 
You're kicking us off with two corrections already. First episode in, we're already making corrections for a non-existent episode. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want this to be a habit because I know it's going to happen. We, we talked for 20 minutes on the intro, and I had people, you know, hitting me up. So first correction, I, didn't, I couldn't, like, figure out what my first Yankee game was. I, I didn't go as a child. Uh, no one took me to my first game. I grew up watching the Yankees on TV, like I said. And the first person to take me to Yankee Stadium to actually, like, bring me to a game is my girlfriend, Nicole, my future wife. We live together. I knew she was the one very early. She brought me to my first Yankee game, my first Nets game, and my first Duke game, which those are three teams I've been a fan of majority of my life. And like I said, for me, I was a TV person, uh, very humble beginnings, people not buying tickets in my family, people not bringing me to stadiums in my family young. So I was just watching everything on the TV. I didn't even, I mean, I, I got to age like, I don't know, 16, 17, maybe 18 before I realized, like, you can go to the stadium and watch the game, you know? So quick correction on that. Nicole was the first to bring me to Yankee Stadium. And then the OG BP crew that came to the fan cave when I first linked with Bronx Pinstripes was Andrew, Ryan, Justin, and I forgot Nick yesterday. So shout out to those four. Those are the first four people I met from Bronx Pinstripes. Came and watched the game at the Fan Cave, and we've been rocking ever since. I think it's very big of you to start off the first episode by admitting your mistakes. And I want to make it clear to anyone, if I ever say anything wrong on an episode, on the very next episode, I will not be correcting <laughs> myself. Because I just I stick with my gut. I don't care about numbers. It's all feelings for me. But we're excited uh, you're giving us a chance. We're excited you're listening to us. So a little housekeeping. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at JJ from the Bronx. You could follow this show. Right now we're only on Twitter. I guess we should get on Instagram at George's Box Pod. Uh, and I actually forgot I had plugged that in the 20 minute thing yesterday. And my phone was blowing up this morning. I was like, oh, I guess we have a podcast out. Um, and then Keith, where can everyone follow you? At Keith McPherson, K E I T H underscore McPherson, M C P H E R S O N. Um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, everything else. If you find one of us, you're going to find the other one because we're going to be that annoying podcast couple that's just like tweeting at each other, tagging each other. Oh, yeah, I'm going it's for it. It's the only way to grow this. Yeah, this morning um, I woke up to all the notifications and I'm like, yeah, follow George's box, follow JJ. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. My phone's been going off all day. So we have so many plans for the show. We have so much that we want to accomplish, and this is a Yankees podcast, but this is also, more importantly, a baseball podcast. So... Uh, we thought last night we had the biggest story, and then today we were surprised by getting uh, actually a much bigger story in the world of baseball. Mike Trout has signed a 12-year, $430 million extension. If it's not finalized, it's very close to it, um, but it's going to happen. So Mike Trout locking up the remainder of his career with 12 years uh, as a 27-year-old, so he'll carry him till he's 39 years old, playing for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which actually uh, translates to the the Angels Angels of Anaheim. So, um, Keith, what do you think about Mike Trout deciding that no matter what Bryce Harper uh, wants to tell the media, he is staying in in Anaheim, not even in Los Angeles. He's in Anaheim. He's a Jersey guy. You know these Jersey guys from this uh, Garden State greatness. I'm happy to see a New Jersey guy be the you know, uh, largest contract in sports history. I was reading Twitter today, and 
uh, all the headlines are coming out and it's like it's ridiculous. I forget what Bleacher Report posted, but they said like something like what he would be making. Oh, 221K per game, 100 million more than Bryce Harper. Then someone was breaking it down to like 98K a day. Like he hit the Powerball. But he didn't hit the Powerball. He, he he hit the baseball enough to hit the Powerball in Major League Baseball. $430 million over 12 years. Um, unfortunately, we'll never see Mike Trout in the postseason, but he's cashing out. What do you think? You ready for our first hot take? Yeah, heat it up. Mike Trout is a fucking idiot. <laughs> what <laughs> are you doing? What are you doing? I know you're going with this. You are the greatest baseball player in the game right now. You have, and you can blame baseball all you want about him not being marketed because he's on the West Coast and Manfred. I don't think he does anything to help himself. He likes uh, the weather. He has no charisma. And he should be so much bigger than he is. I feel that there really are no stars in baseball anymore since A-Rod left. Now, there are guys who have the opportunity to, but Derek Jeter couldn't make it from his apartment to the stadium and back without getting 90 blowjobs. <laughs> Mike Trout could walk into a bar in the middle of Murray Hill on a Friday night, and someone might think maybe he plays football for a college. No one knows who the guy is. And he's further cemented the fact that no one will know who he is because he's going to be stuck out there. He's And then who knows? Like, they have signed so many bad contracts in Anaheim that I wonder what is going to happen to Trout because – they had Josh Hamilton, didn't work out. Pujols has not been good. Now you've got what should be the most surefire player there is, but 12 years is 12 yeah. years. And on his side, he is the prince of Philadelphia without ever playing here. He's from Millville, New Jersey, a town that is so poor they don't, uh, they don't implement a sales tax in that town because the state of New Jersey is just like, you're so poor, we're not going <laughs> to take it. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. I'm not going to look it up, and I'm not going to correct myself if it's wrong. that's a thing. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. And he had all signs pointed to him coming back to Philly. Him coming home, he's over here, like he's fluffing up the Eagles whenever he's in town, and then he has the opportunity to be in the same outfield as Bryce Harper. First thing that Mike Trout needs to do is call Bryce Harper, find out what his fine was for saying he was going to recruit Mike Trout and say, my bad, sorry I didn't come, I'm going to pay your fine. Because at a minimum, he owes him back that fine. But I get it, $430 million, great. You've got the highest contract of all time, great. Those are all like cool things, but you don't have a World Series. And we've done practice, ep- you know, test episodes here, and I've told you this. I used to work for a company, Sprinkler. The guy who owned Sprinkler founded it was very wealthy from selling another company. And one time I asked him, what's it like to just have all that money? Like, why are you even here? Why did you start this company? He said, it's because it's something I wanted to do. And when you have more than $150 million, it just doesn't matter. So with all the money Trout's already made, with the ability to probably get another you know, $300 million, who knows you know, in two years what it would have been from the Phillies, he could have come here, won a World Series for his hometown team. Team Instead, an earthquake is going to happen, and he's going to fall in the ocean, and no one's going to know about it because the East Coast was asleep. I got to disagree with you, but we're going to disagree a lot. I don't, Give it I to don't me. think what? Trout's an idiot for staying with them. I think he's an idiot for staying with them, knowing that they're, they're not going to 
make any runs in the postseason. They might in the next twelve years. I'll put the over under at like four for them hitting the postseason maybe four times. Um, but he's a one jersey type of guy. He's a throwback, and I think he wants to be seen as an angel for life. And like with that organization, like solidify. I mean, he's already solidified his um, himself there and him going to the Hall of Fame. But if he brings a championship to the Angels, he's like talked about. You know, I don't even know who he's talked about. Like by who? By the Real Housewives? <laughs> the Real Housewives are going to be. There. I mean, no one cares. That sucks that you know, like he's West Coast. No one's going to see him play. But that's you know, that's a team that picked him. Twenty-two teams passed on him. So he's looking at them like, hey, I know you guys hear the chatter in Philly, where I'm from. You see me tweet and post about the Eagles all the time. You got to think that you know, there's something there. I'm glad that the Angels deaded it through the most money we've ever seen at him. He's going to stay there. Now, they have to build around him. They've got the rookie of the year, the false rookie of the year. Um, but, I mean, it was a landslide victory for their rookie of the year. They need to put other pieces around Mike Trout. The kid from Jersey is going to ball. All he's done is ball. He's the best player in baseball. He's going to stay right there. He's going to try and bring a ring to L.A. I would love to see that happen uh, before the Dodgers get a ring, how about the Angels win before the Dodgers get one? They lock up Trout. They quiet all the Harper Phillies noise. Um, he'll still be at Lincoln Financial Field going to Eagles games. They should charge him for million. Yeah, they definitely should charge him. They should. They should. He, yeah, all the free stuff is done. He's he's done with that. Um, they should make him sit in the upper deck. He's, he's gonna don't be, even take his money. He's stupid paid. Like the the money they're talking about with this guy, and it's it's regular for him. I I also hate that. Like this is one of the best baseball players we've ever seen, and we—it's not enough. We need more from him. We want him to be a viral sensation. We want him to do Instagram live. We want to see him uh, show us the car he's driving and all this other stuff. No, this guy plays at a high level consistently. Major League Baseball needs to do more to you know put him in the front, right? If this is our LeBron James, if this is the LeBron James of our sport then treat him as such. And even with this uh, this news today, this announcement today, the first thing I tweeted was, let's see how the media treats this, right? This will blow over by tomorrow. There'll be an NBA story tomorrow, or we're right in the middle of March Madness. Like, March Madness will come right back to the forefront after tonight. I don't know. I think Trout just, did the right thing by signing with L.A., staying in L.A. He's a one-jersey kind of guy. I think MLB and everyone else needs to do more to, like, bolster his image and make sure people know him. Um, I think he's a household name, but not a household face. Everyone knows Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. But like, if he walks into the place, like you said, no one is really uh, worried about Mike Trout walking into the, the bar. Um, and that's not his fault. That is his fault. He has zero charisma. His hobby is watching the weather. That that's is his fine. Hobby. He's he's nice. He hits. He's a five-tool player, steals bases, robs home runs. He is the guy. Be that guy. Because we get a lot of these guys that can't really be that guy, but they want to be every, everything else. They want to be courtside. They want to be in a Lamborghini. They want to date the supermodel. Okay, do all of that, but first, handle your business on the field, and you'll get $430 million. Well, most guys won't get $430 million, but you get what I'm saying. And zero rings. And if you do get a ring, you're going to have Bethany or, I don't even some housewife just there next to Pat Sajak. That's the one thing I enjoy about when the Yankees play the Angels is they have that area behind the plate. Yeah. Where you see, it's not even you watching see Scott Boris chilling there all the time. And, and, and it's just and Pat Sajak from Wheel <laughs> of Fortune for some reason. So that's who he's doing. Mike Trout's doing it for Pat Sajak. All of Philadelphia 
should turn their back on them immediately. Have you been, I've been to LA, but I don't really understand like like Anaheim area, right? Isn't isn't that where uh, like Disneyland is? Yeah. What else is it's, there? Like, what else is the draw? What else is keeping Mike Trout there? What what makes Shohei Otani go there over New York City? Like, I don't know what, what well, else is there. For Otani, it's just closer to fly back to Japan. For Trout, it's the opposite. He just picked as far from home as he could possibly be. And, yeah, well, that's home now. I mean, the weather's beautiful. It's home now for him. He's been there. I mean, when did he come up? In like 2013, 14? 2011. Before then, right. So he's been there. That's yeah. That's his home. That's where he's grown up. I'm sure he's got a a, a crib that's going to get uh, multiple additions put on it. Maybe buy another spot. Um, I'm sure he's not missing anything in Millville, and Philly's not that glamorous. Not you know, no offense. I know you live in Philly, but like, uh, don't let that uh, that Super Bowl win with the Eagles fool you. There's not really much else. The process is going, but the Sixers aren't going to win anything. Uh, the Flyers have a, a funny looking mascot. The Eagles just uh, let Nick Foles walk away. Other than that. I don't know, like in the sports world and in just like the general area, Philly's not that lit. I think Trout did the right thing. I think the Phillies have every right to call MLB and say that the Angels are tampering with their player, <laughs> Mike Trout. <laughs> no, Bryce Harper should have already gotten fined twenty five grand he, for that. And look, he did. Mike Trout owes him that money. Are, were you a Yankee fan that was like in this pipe dream of us getting Harper or getting Trout one day? I never really bought into that i never thought we'd get trout i never I thought, thought trout we'd get trout go back to philly I never thought we'd get trout. I, I thought we'd get i thought we'd get bryce harper until we got stanton because if we didn't get stanton we'd have the stanton space to have probably gone after harper we would have needed an outfielder yeah so that picture of harper in um why can't i think of the name drawing a blank this is going to happen to me on every podcast um in center field i've been there at least 10 times Monument Park. Monument Park. <laughs> there we go. It's at Yankee Stadium. There's a, Check it out. There's sometime. a picture of exactly. There's a picture of him in Monument Park where I'm like, oh, this guy wants to be a Yankee. He's definitely going to be a Yankee. I've seen, um, you know, so many people with the oh Harper to the Yankees in 2019 for years. But either way, we didn't get Harper. We uh, we didn't get Harper. We didn't get Trout. I'm cool with it. But guess who we did get? James Gio Pax. Gonzalez. <laughs> we got Gio Gonzalez. So. Late yesterday, after we wrapped our uh, 20-minute intro show, uh, the Yankees, it was rumored they were close to it, but they have finalized the deal with Gio Gonzalez. Um, if he, It's a minor league deal. If he's added to the major league roster, it's a $3 million contract with incentives. Um, I've read that the incentives are around a $300,000 per start to max out at $12 million um, with... You know, Severino being down, CeCe uh, being down to start the season. We definitely had a a hole to fill. Uh, we've seen Sessa. We've seen Lasagna. We've seen a lot of guys that are essentially quadruple-A players at this point. Um, they, they're having a hard time sticking. And I think that the Yankees saw we need someone with major league experience who can go in here and keep us in games. We have the offense to beat any team. We just need someone to keep us in games. And for what we're paying for uh, Gio Gonzalez, I think it's very low risk. Uh, we did the same thing last year with Adam Lynn. He uh, opted out, so we ended up not paying him really anything. Gio Gonzalez also has an opt-out on April 20th if he's not on the major league roster, so he can go back into free agency. Uh, what do you think about us kind of making this move uh, to bring someone in this late you know, into camp? 
I mean, I, I feel like it was out of necessity. And in Cashman, we trust. Like, we're not breaking the bank by any means signing him. And I think the deal is structured in a way that really benefits us, even if he does ball out. And I'd much rather see Gio Gonzalez in a Yankee uniform than Dallas Keuchel. Um, I don't know. With, with Seve's news a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, CeCe's suspension – and, you know, we're looking at our young guys. Why not bring in a Gio Gonzalez and see what he can do? He's not going to be ready uh, for opening day or the first couple series or whatever it is. But, um, I mean, I've read some stuff. They said he's been throwing, he's been working out. And, you know, this is a guy with experience. This is a guy with some high-level experience, uh, good stuff. I see him helping us. Um, there's going to come a point in the season. The season's long. There's going to come a point in the season where, like, we can't run uh, Domingo Herman out there. We can't run Luis Sessa out there. Like, put Gio out there, and um, I think he'll be ready. I think he'll, he'll rise to the occasion. He's, he's a pro. He's a, he's a vet. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I, I've seen in Miami that he has been uh, throwing the batters. I don't know who these batters are, but, you know, upwards of 80 pitches is, is what they're saying. So it – Seems like he has gone into, you know, spring training without having a spring training as, you know, I'm going to treat this, you know, as if it's spring training, but on my own. Unfortunately, due to the way free agency has been going and stuff, we've been seeing a lot of this out of players. And last year with the Players Association going down to Bradenton and opening up their own um, their own spring training of sorts. The thing is, I like the move a lot because I didn't want to see us run out these again quadruple a starters right now who aren't ready and to see us essentially going in with a, a three-man rotation and hoping for the best on the fourth and fifth day um Gio Gonzalez had a tough year last year um he had a six plus ERA uh when he was with the Nationals he then ended up getting traded to Milwaukee finished out the season strong did not look good in the playoffs left his last start with an injury uh, did one start, did uh, his first start was, uh, I think it was one inning, maybe two innings out of design of kind of that opener role. Uh, but over the last nine years, he's made at least 27 starts. So he stays durable. Now, if he comes up and he can make, you know, solid starts for us, keep us in games, give us a chance to win. I have no problem paying him $12 million for the entire year. If he's a contributor the whole year. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because Severino's coming back. Now they say May. So, uh, it, well, they say not before May. And I think that's the key. It's not May 1st. It's not before May 1st. So this could be something that goes into mid-May, goes into June. Maybe it keeps him fresh for later on. Yeah. CC's apparently going to miss two or three starts. So I think Gio Gonzalez has an opportunity to really showcase himself. And in the event that he can be serviceable, and it doesn't work out on our end. There's not space for him. Uh, he has an opportunity to get a lot of national exposure playing for the Yankees to then find another deal. He's only 33 years old. His career's definitely not over for him. And this is a guy who made it to playoffs last year. You know, he's got playoff experience. He's got losing playoff experience being with the Nationals and um, with Milwaukee. But at the same time, if he can do better than last year where for, for a stretch only Bartolo Colon was worse, He's really going to have the opportunity to, again, contribute to a possible World Series winning team uh, while at the same time showing 
he still has it in the toughest division in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he still has it. And like I said, I hope he rises to the occasion. Um, he's pitched in big games before. And I mean, some guys we've seen, some guys go the sunny gray way. Other guys rise to the occasion when they put the pinstripes on. So I hope that he comes over and he's motivated and he, and he knows, you know, you, you heard uh, Aaron Hicks say, like, you guys know who's on this team. You guys know who's, you know, in this clubhouse. You walk into a clubhouse with Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, Miguel Ando, like these guys are stars. John Carl, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Stanton, like you gotta, you know, you gotta raise your level of play and you gotta live up to a certain uh, expectation plan for the Yankees this year. They, everyone in the world knows where we're going for it. It's World Series or bust, and he can definitely be a, a big part of that. Um, injuries suck. We we know that injuries are gonna happen. Um, literally going into spring training every year, we know that injuries are going to happen. So unfortunately, you know, I literally just saw this on my phone, add an, another injury to our list. Um, Dylan Batances is going to start spring training on the IL. Just saw that. I just Lindsay, Lindsay Adler reports uh, Dylan Batances will start the season. Batances will start the season on the disabled list, which should be the injured list. Looks, but we won't. Looks you know. like looks like a shoulder injury for Dylan. Um, not what you want to see. I mean, we have been doing for the last month, month and a half, we've been doing test episodes for this show. And we have been saying with all the things that are happening, spring training, that have been positive, don't care, just need everyone to stay healthy. And since we did our last test episode, the wheels have fallen off the New York Yankees. Yeah. Now, CeCe, uh, I think we kind of expected that he would probably come back maybe a little late. I mean, the guy had heart surgery, so... I get that. He had knee surgery, he had heart surgery. But we've now seen injuries to Aaron Hicks and Luis Severino, two guys who were extended this year, uh, four years, $40 million for Seve, seven years, $70 million for Hicks. Um, they sign these extensions, then they get injured. So first, let's start off with signing those extensions. What do you think on the Yankees making the decision to sign these guys to, extens- to lucrative extensions for their ages and their abilities at this point in their careers. Lucrative extensions, but again, the Yankees win. Um, I, I want to say, like, you got to think about it. Like, Cashman knows, man. I, I trust Brian Cashman and Brian Cashman. We Like, these guys know. So I want to say they knew that both of them had, you know, some, some physical issues that could potentially come up. And that can go into talks, you know, when you – when. When you look at the situation and you're like, okay, well, hey, man, you've got a history of injuries or you've got this right now. How about we just lock you up, you know, for the next whatever years at this rate? It, it works for both sides, but it works for the Yankees, I think, even more. Um, I like it. I also like having guys like a, a center fielder and a starting pitcher locked up for the future. Um, and then it bodes well for other guys on this team to look at them, see what they got, and start thinking about you know what they're going to get. I, I tweeted earlier because people saw the Trout deal. I'm like, Brian Cashman already knows what Aaron Judge is getting. Like it's already it's already set up, and it's only going to move. The needle's only going to move so much by someone like a Mike Trout or next like a Mookie Betts getting a deal. Um, I, I like assigning Hicks. I like assigning Sevy. Them being hurt, is, it's unfortunate because it's like, oh, you, you gave these guys the bag and they're not even ready for opening day. But that in itself is part of the game. That in itself is part of the business. It's like, hey, we, we know you guys are banged up. You might as well uh, lock it in for the next few years here and we'll take care of you and make sure you're ready to go. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on the, on the signings? I think 
I think Seve's a no-brainer um, because he is our ace. He's supposed to be our ace. We want him to be our ace. There's a couple, you know, I'm describing his, him as our ace in a bunch of different ways. It's all hopeful. But at the same time, to keep him out of arbitration, because we were going to go to arbitration. It was going to be ugly. I mean, Batances went to arbitration a couple of years ago. It got ugly. You don't want to go, especially yeah, with that. your young stars. You don't want to go to arbitration. I hate even so hearing I love that it. deal. Yeah, I love the Seve deal. I think it's a no-brainer. I think even with his injury, it's a no-brainer. If his career ended tomorrow, it wouldn't have. It still, it'd be an unfortunate circumstances around the contract. But the contract still wouldn't have been a bad deal because the odds of that happening are so low. I think we're gonna get, you know, forty million dollars. Where it, I think it go up to like fifty something out of him. Um, the injury is unfortunate. It's you know. But being a young player, he's. I feel like he's going to rebound. Luckily, he wasn't that deep into, uh, you know, into spring training. He hadn't really gotten his groove. He hadn't appeared in a game yet. So as long as he can come back healthy, and I don't care if he doesn't come back till June healthy, because it's almost to a certain extent of where the Yankees are positioned, and you don't want to be in the wild card game. But if you get everything clicking and you get to the playoffs. I have all the confidence in the world in this team and this lineup. On the Hicks side of things, Aaron Hicks was a mediocre at best player when he was with the Twins. We traded him for John Ryan Murphy, J.R. Murphy, whatever he wants to be this week. It's He was also a mediocre at best player. So they were both guys who weren't living up to their potential. It was an easy swap for us to get depth where we needed depth. But by giving him the opportunity to play every day, um, and really it's thanks to Jacoby Ellsbury that he's getting that opportunity, but getting that opportunity to play every day, he's showing to be the player that we thought he would, that the Twins thought he would be when they drafted him, that everyone thought he would be when he was scouted you know, as an amateur, and to lock up a guy who's putting up numbers, not massive numbers, but for an average of $10 million a year for the next seven years, guy still in his 20s, I believe he's 29 years old, you know, at 36, is he going to be a $10 million a year player? With inflation, like, who knows? Like, that might be underselling him. Um, and if he doesn't work out, that's a contract the Yankees can easily walk away from in four years, or it's still team-friendly to trade if all the prospects that we have, because we have all these young outfielders uh, that are out there breaking their wrists, running into walls, but if they end up panning out, it's easy to move Hicks. Even though Hicks is a guy who said, I want to be a Yankee, he's made that commitment. So you can't do anything but cheer for him. Yeah, I mean, I said I said in some of our test episodes, I'm hashtag Hicks Hive, you know, trying to go off of uh, the beehive and, and get a little uh, fan group going for Hicks. But now I got to change that to healthy Hicks Hive. This uh, chronic back pain or back soreness that he has, I don't know. Your back is going to get worse before it's going to get better, especially with age. And it's just like... Seven years, it sounds good, um, but I don't think Aaron uh, Hicks is the center fielder for the Yankees seven years from now. I don't think he's a guy maybe five years from now. Um, I hope he holds up because, you know, we saw a, a glimpse of what he can be last year um, when he's healthy. The guy's got a strong arm. He robs home runs. You know, when, when we talk about Mike Trout and we talk about center fielders in the rest of the league, definitely in the American League, it's Mike Trout, and then, you know, you can bring Hicks into the conversation not far after. Um, I hope he, he's healthy. I hope we can we can see uh, more of him this year, because if not, you know, 
I don't know, Hicks Hive, but I, like, I, can't, I can't be on the bandwagon too long if the guy can't play. Then we're dealing with uh, another Jacoby Ellsbury. Shout out to him. I, <laughs> I mean, never shout out to Jacoby Ellsbury <laughs> on the show. Um, and then I think it, you bring up a good point. The back is the back is tough. It's so tricky because, like you say, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So it does bring some concern with our, you know, as you look at our outfield over the next decade, or you know, even you say the next five years, Stanton and Judge are monsters. They're huge, huge guys break down like they don't normally make it at that size. Your joints give out. It's a lot of weight to carry, and then we've got a back injury, which makes it tough. We did see. Some we had someone who wanted to get in the mix. My guy, Clint Frazier, um, went about things in kind of this offseason by uh openly saying, I'm coming to try to take uh to take Brett Gardner's job. I, I want to be starting for the New York Yankees. Um at this point in spring training, he's batting uh 162. I caught a glimpse of him on the backfields the other day in Tampa. Uh, getting in some extra work, which I love to see. He's a guy who's committed to the game, but Brett Gardner has really held off, um, you know, held off Clint Frazier. And we've even seen some glimpses of some great glove work out of him still. And I think that's where Gardner really makes a difference. So when you see someone like Clint Frazier who, who's battled injuries and really has had a hard time finding his spot in New York because he is a big personality and they don't always love that. You know, at least if you don't do it exactly the way the Yankees want. Um, what do you think about just him not being able to put it together so far this year? And with the Yankees telling him early on in spring training, you're not coming to the Bronx to start the season. You're going to Scranton. Yeah, I mean, he's a big personality, uh, swag champion. Shout out to uh, Matt Stucco. Matt Stucco had a video of him on his Instagram with like the red glove. Then he's he's rocks the Jordans. Like I watched the game today. He had on. Uh, the Jordan one cleats like he's, he's swagged up and, you know, he's definitely looking for attention. But, hey, the good thing about it is he's young. What's he? Twenty three. Twenty. Yeah. Like twenty two, twenty three. It's not his time yet. Um, he definitely came in, you know, talking the talk and trying to walk the walk. But Brett Gardner's holding tough. Brett Gardner has been quoted as saying he wants to play another three years, something like that. And he's shown up and showed some power and he's a leader and one of the longest tenured guys and a guy that was on that 2009 team, like you're not getting rid of Brett Gardner that quickly. And um, I mean, I don't know what the plan is for Clint. I hope he just, you know, stays ready. I hope he, he goes to Scranton and mashes. Um, or if he, you know, if he, we don't, we don't know who's, who's coming or going. Um, if he starts the season up somehow with the roster, then just be ready. Uh, he didn't win the outright left field position, but that's fine. And I, I hope he doesn't take that as a loss that like, you know, he came out and said that and, and it didn't go his way in spring training. Like Aaron Boone said to him, like, yo, just worry about playing. Just go out and play. Get better. Focus on your game, and your time will come. His time came last year. We called his number a couple of times. I'm, I'm sure that something will happen this year where we'll need another outfielder, and he'll, he'll get a chance, and hopefully he's ready, and it's his time to shine. Um, I don't know. Keep doing what you're doing, kid. Sure. Like, I, I like the swag. I like the look. I think he's got potential. Whether he's a Yankee in the future or somewhere else in the future, like, he, he's going to be a baller. So it, it's going to come, but... You know, all these guys uh, can't just shoot to the top right away. So you bring up kind of a good point there. So we don't know who's going to be on this roster right now because we do have Hicks injured. Um, he's, you know, he's going to miss at least the first series. So coming to the Bronx, you know, really coming into spring training, there's a battle between Luke Voigt and Greg Bird, 
who is going to you know, win that starting job. Um, I think we've gotten hints every which way that it could be, you know, it should be Luke Voigt. We're seeing him batting everywhere from third to sixth. We've seen all the quotes, but there's an obsession with making Greg Bird work. And then Greg Bird today hits another home run. The guy's mashing. Uh, actually, next year's uh, spring training uh, Bronx Pinstripes event, I'm actually going to be inducting him as the first entrant in the spring training Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, because no one's That's better than time. him. <laughs> March. It's his time to shine. It's his time to absolutely shine. Um, you know, he's mashing home runs. He's hitting, you know, almost 350. Luke Voigt hitting about 300. He's got four home runs, so we're seeing all the power that we want to see out of him. But do you think both these guys make the roster? Is you know, where does Ty- does Tyler Wade come as? So originally, I thought one of these guys makes the roster. DJ LeMahieu is the backup first baseman. There are other guys on the roster who could slide in and play first base, including Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade becomes your backup um, kind of floating you know, infielder who can also play the outfield. But now it's is Tyler Wade an outfielder? And you've got, you know, he's a backup outfielder, and you're going with Stanton, Judge, Gardner, and you're going to DH maybe uh, Luke Voigt. So you have Greg Bird's glove in the lineup. It's I, I feel like that's the way it's going to shake out and Clint's still going to be on the outside looking in until yeah. that next injury hits, especially when we look at looking at really just a series, as Hicks saying. He's just going to miss a series. Maybe it's two. Um, you know, how do you see the roster shaking out in, in, you know, with all these injuries that hopefully there are no more injuries? Yeah, starting the season on the IL for Hicks. Like they're you know they're obsessed with Greg Bird and the lefty bat. They're in love with that lefty bat in the lineup. And Hicks not being ready to go takes a switch hitter out of our lineup. Um, I can see Bird DHing and Giancarlo playing left, and him being on this roster. Um, he's done well enough in the spring, and I know like it's it's literally like we've seen this episode like not again like okay another March Greg Bird's fooling us. But, like, now it's different because we have Luke Voigt. So Luke Voigt, I think we're going to see as the everyday first baseman. Maybe Greg Bird spells him. Um, maybe we see Greg Bird, you know, as, as the DH. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. If that's the way it shakes out, that's how it was, how it was meant to be. Um, yeah, especially with all the, like, people that literally love Greg Bird. I, I think I saw recently a Yes Network commercial where they had Luke Voigt in the commercial. And I'm like, oh, great. They're showing Luke Voigt giving him some love. It used to be all this like premature love for Greg Bird and putting Greg Bird in all the like ticket sales commercials and, and all the Yankee promos. And I'm like, this guy hasn't lived up to the hype. Why are we showcasing him? He might not be, even be on the field. But yeah, I think there's going to be a spot for him. Like I said, they're in love with the lefty bat. People like are romanticized with watching this guy come up and thinking he's going to you know, hit him out to section, uh, what is that, section 205 over there, the bird's nest above the judges' chambers. But I don't know. I'm fine with it. Like I said, I'm fine with it if, if we're carrying him. Lefty bat, might need him in there to DH, depending on the matchups, depending on who we face. So be it. If that's what that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be interesting th- that three three games into the season, we're going to have to have like a major roster you know, shakeup. If Hicks comes back on time, everyone's doing fine. It's almost like you know a, a three-game trial. What can you do in the regular season? to kind of hold on to your spot because I don't think the solution is at any point going to be, you know, 
send Tyler Wade down because you still need kind of that backup outfielder. Yeah, uh, he can play the infield. You need someone who can play shortstop. Obviously, Gleiber can play shortstop, but I don't want to really see him at shortstop because He's he is our second, second baseman. baseman. Right. And we don't need to shake it up. We don't need to cause any controversy, you know, if, if we feel good about Didi coming back. Um, you know, at times, Tulowitzki has looked a little lost out there. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I watched him swing and miss at a pitch by a foot on Friday. But, you know, he's still putting up decent numbers for a guy, especially who's making the major league minimum. I think, you know, when we talk a week from now and we're, you know, recording this on Tuesdays, we'll be two days away from opening day. We'll have a really good idea of what that roster is going to look like. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see and very interesting to see, uh, you know, how it changes. Yeah. And it's year two for Aaron Boone. So let's go, Booney. Like, you know, drop the lineup and uh you know, do it. Do what you got to do to put us in position to win. We've got an embarrassment of riches. We've got a deep team. Uh, there's not many other teams in the major leagues. Like I think, I think I was watching MLB Network and they flashed the you know starting lineup for the Dodgers, and like two of the guys. I think one of the guys, the guys in like the outfield, the center field, or right field. I was like, I've never heard of these guys. So like, the Yankees have guys that everyone knows. Um, power guys, guys that can hit. Guys that are, are world famous, or maybe not world famous because it's baseball, but in, famous in the baseball world, just put the card out and let these guys go play and we'll figure it out. It's literally going to figure itself out. It's one of those things that, okay, one chip is going to move. Okay, this guy comes off the DL or this guy goes on the uh, IL and then, okay, now you got your opportunity. So I'm fine with it. Like I said, um, the competition is coming to a close end. We'll bring up who we got to bring up to the Bronx and I think we'll be more than ready to go. So let's get excited for a little bit. We've been talking a little doom and gloom. Aaron Judge is absolutely mashing. He's bad in 333. Yeah. He's played in 13 games. He's got 33 at-bats. In six of those 33 at-bats, the ball has left the park. And he has 14 home runs. This should be his I best mean, four, year. I'm sorry, should, 14 RBIs. Should be, I mean, looking at him in spring training and then thinking about the time he missed last year, like he should have a monster year. I'm talking like 60 bombs year. This guy is locked in. Uh, no one, no one wants to pitch to him. You see his big ass come into the box. Like, what do you got for him? He's gonna put it out. He can put it out just glancing it off the bat. So, I mean, I'm hoping he stays healthy um, and puts together an MVP year. The hype around Aaron Judge is everything that's supposed to be. He's the face of the Yankees, face of the franchise. Should be the face of baseball. Hey, if Mike Trout doesn't want it. Hey, Aaron Judge is ready, um, and all it's going to take, you know, chicks dig the long ball. All it's got to take is him to lead the majors in home runs, which I think is, uh, uh, you know, most likely going to happen. Him to be either the top or one of the leaders all year in home runs, and uh, everyone will know Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge will be MVP at the end of the year when we win the World Series and all that good stuff. Now, yeah, see how we got excited, and it went from gloomy injury talk to like, no, yeah, Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP, hit 60 bombs, and we're going to win the World Series. Yankee <laughs> Aaron fans. Judge, Aaron Judge doesn't have a single. He has 11 hits. He, had, he hit a single today. <laughs> oh, did yeah. he? Did he? The stats. He just, I missed it. The stats I think haven't I, updated I tweeted yet. some or put it on uh, Yes Network's Instagram. I'm like, complete hitter. See, there, there's your single. Uh, this guy yeah. can hit all around. It's exciting. And, you know, I said earlier that I don't feel, because I feel like he's still too early in his career. I don't feel like there are any superstars in baseball. Like, we, growing up, we had Jeter, A-Rod, wherever A-Rod was. We had Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, we even had, for a while, we had... Mo Vaughn, Nomar Garcia Parra. I feel like there's so much more 
um, exposure these players can get. Yeah. But uh, so many of them, for one reason or another, like aren't stepping up. I mean, I think people, some people just naturally don't like um, don't like Bryce Harper. I got to watch what I say. They got an angry email on the the Bronx Pinstripe show about something I said about him. So um, <laughs> you can't talk you know, about Bryce Harper. No, no, you can't talk about his religion. Um, oh, so whatever, dude. I mean, it's it, a podcast. Uh, we're going to probably say a bunch of things that we get emails and messages about. Get over it. Like it's 20. I haven't put any, e- I haven't put an email on our Twitter. Cause I don't want anyone to email me when they're unhappy. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, as we get ready to like, I'm ready to stop spring training. I'm, I'm over yeah, it. I'm we done. can stop now. Let's punt the rest of the season. And honestly, right now, the Yankees are cruising on their way to yet another spring training world championship. I think it's be three years in a row that we have the best record in spring yeah. training. Now I just want to shut it down and I want to see people uh, really turn their focus towards, you know, getting to the Bronx and uh, being there on the 28th, uh, you know, so yeah. I can celebrate a win. I'm done with spring training. This is like every year. This is the week that like March Madness starts and I start looking at the bracket and I start getting into like, okay, who am I going to bet on? How many brackets am I going to make? Who do I think is going to upset? And like, you can throw this like last week of spring training in the garbage for me. Um, I think we got our 15th win today. We are the Yankees. We look like the New York Yankees. We're ready to go. I don't want to see anybody else get hurt. I don't really care who plays. Like, it was good to see Gary, you know, look like Gary today. Uh, Greg Bird to hit a bomb today, but like let's let's start thinking about right like exactly what you said Thursday opening day in the Bronx. Um, here's some uh, like I don't, I don't plan on going to opening day this year. I'm, I'm super like superstitious about everything. Last year I uh, I tried to bring a group of ten people there. It got snowed out the first time, and then the next game the next day when they rescheduled it, I brought my group and we were out there in the pouring rain. I'm just like, maybe I should avoid opening day. And I'm thinking about avoiding it this year, but I bet it's like a 70-degree day, uh, super sunny 53. and nice. 53. 53. Oh, you, yeah, it's you can already see the weather that far in advance. So oh. 70, 73, uh, 70 is too far, but 53 degrees, I don't know, man. I just was looking at the website, and there's, there's you can go and sit in a 200 level for like 99.10 exactly, um, 89 tickets with the fees and stuff on Yankees.com. You can sit in a 200 level. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to be there. You got a lot of information about tickets yeah, for a guy I, who's not going to be there. Because I do this every year. I'm like, I'm I'm talking to my my guy Pete. Shout out to Pete in the ticket office. I'm talking to people about getting groups together. We were looking at the Jim Beam suite, and then I was just like, forget it, man. I got a lot going on, and I'm superstitious. I feel like if I sit out this opening day, maybe we'll win the World Series this year. So here's what I'm going to do because you mentioned March Madness. You've been pushing on your social media your brackets that you organize. Yeah. I don't watch college basketball. I'm going to join. Oh, nice. And and we're going to, as this goes on, we'll give people updates on who does better between the two of us. Oh, well, I'm going to have like three brackets. <laughs> in, in, that, in that one bracket, in your one thing? I always make more than one because I can't. I just, there's no way to make one bracket and ride with it. I'll, I'll be hating myself by the end of the first right. night. So you'll... You'll let me know how many you do, and I'll probably match you. Well, I'm a Duke fan, so I'm definitely going to ride with probably the bracket that I picked Duke to win. Um, okay. So that's what it is. got to pick one of your brackets. If you do like three, I'm just going to do one. you got to pick one. We'll go head-to-head. We'll update everyone on it, and then it'll give me the um, it'll give me the ability to you know just talk about my bracket and annoy people. Yeah, why not? I want this. Um, I want the show to be like. Obviously, it's baseball, and like we we said on the intro that like we're we're not going to talk X's and O's, but like I want to appeal to like the larger fan that's like 
a sports fan. I want to appeal to the larger fan that's not worried about Saber metrics. Like, the reality is it's March Madness right now. I saw someone tweet, uh, like, who needs who needs March Madness? Give me Yankees baseball. I'm like, I need both. Um, what are you talking about? Like, March Madness, there's nothing like it. I love the Yankees, but I need to see that tournament go down as well. So I want to appeal to people listening that I know aren't watching necessarily every inning of – you know, Yankee spring training, they might not get all the alerts, but, you know, they're listening to two guys that can talk sports, obviously talk baseball and care about the whole landscape. So, yeah, we'll definitely give some updates on the March Madness uh, bracket pool. So it's going to be a long season. Baseball seasons are always long seasons. Uh, and as such, one of my favorite things is that as it gets late in the season and you're listening to the game, sometimes the guys in the booth, you're just like wondering, what the hell are these guys talking about? You know, you hit an August game and you're just like, what the hell is Michael K talking about? Because the games just drag on for so the long. There's days. so much air to fill. So one segment that we're going to do is every week we are going to tell you what we feel is the new story that the traditional media has made a story, but is 100% not a story at all. Um, previous ones would have been Zach Britton changing his name from an H to a K. No one cares. This week, the story to me that is not a story, and you can let me know if I'm wrong here, Jacoby Ellsbury, or the ghost of Jacoby Ellsbury, has shown up in Tampa. He has shown up at spring training. He is, uh, for anyone asking if he's going to be ready for opening day to take care of, you know, take Hicks' spot, <laughs> nope. He's hitting off a tee, and he's playing catch at short distances. Don't even really know what is a short distance for a major league center fielder without a strong arm. Um, sure. It's just a thing... There's obviously there's buzz around Ellsbury because we hate him. I think so many people hate him because of the contract, because he, you know, pretty clearly it looks like he, you know, had some help for the one year to get a big deal. And now that he's there, like, I don't think he puts on pinstripes again. I don't think he plays in games. I think he showed up and for insurance purposes, it looks like he gave it a try and then we shut him down again. Some kind of something's going to happen, and then maybe at some maybe at some point we can get rid of him in a way where he gets to play somewhere else. I don't want I don't want the guy to never get to play again. I just don't want him to never play again in pinstripes. Because could you imagine if Jacoby Ellsbury suits up in pinstripes at home and runs out to center no. field? How bad is that place going to boo him? No, I don't want to see it. He, he's a, he's the odd man out. And, uh, you know, I, I actually went back and forth very quickly quickly with this girl on Twitter. There's like, I don't know, there's this weird, like, group of girls that are Yankee fans. And shout out to our female Yankee fans. Love you guys. You're the greatest. But there's this weird group of, like, female supporters for Jacoby. Remember I sent you that uh, the picture of the jersey that said Jacob Bay? And then, like, there's girls like... Oh, he, he's here. He, he reported. He's working out six to seven times a, a week. He's doing stuff. He's, he's here. Yo, since he's a pro athlete, like since when is he not supposed to be at practice at spring training? He's doing stuff. He should be working out playing like he's getting paid a lot of money to be on the team and play. Like I'm not pumped up that he threw a catch for 15 minutes. I'm not pumped up that he swung at the tee. Like, this is a Major League Baseball player. He's been on the top of the game. He's won a World Series. He's been given the huge contracts that teams are scared to give now because of guys like him. I'm done with Jacoby Ellsbury. Like, I don't care what he does. I said shout-out to him before because, like, it's like shout-out to him. Like, I don't care about you, dude. I don't care what you do. 
I don't care from this point on, like, you're a non-factor. And to even come around this team, right, when we talk about the guys in this clubhouse, you know who's on this team. He's the odd man out. Shout out to him. It must feel terrible to just roll up and be like, hey, guys. Like, like what do you say to – It's got to be so uncomfortable. What do you say to so – what, what does Aaron Judge say? Tell me you're, you're Aaron Judge. What does Aaron Judge say to Jacoby in their first conversation this spring? I'll, I'll be Jacoby. Now. You be Aaron Judge. Oh, hey, Aaron. What's up, man? It's been a while. I'm the captain now. <laughs> and he just walks That's down it. the hallway. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Maybe he just mushes his face, you know, just like, uh, like, cause that's, I mean, Aaron judge would never do that. Cause he's like the sweetest guy in the world, but judge would just yeah, sign, I mean, his, sign his Jersey and be like, Hey kid, there you go. Yeah. It's just not a story that he's there. And, you know, I think we have one film franchise to blame for, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury getting uh, a lot of love and again, Bay jerseys. And that is uh, the Twilight movies. He kind you know, he's got that look of like Taylor Lautner when the Twilight movies were coming out and he was turning into a werewolf. He's from the Pacific Northwest. I, I've never and, seen. I, I, I don't know. I've never seen Twilight. I think I know what the wolf guy, like the main wolf guy yeah. looks like. Taylor Lautner. He kind of looks like Jacoby oh, Ellsbury. Yeah, like yeah, similar yeah, features. Yeah, I've seen that Native guy. American features. Um, and I think at that time, Jacoby Ellsbury, as those films were coming, he was still with the Red Sox and he was kind of, you know, young stud and he had a great season. And then he came over and he was just like another, you know, he was a hot guy on the team and, you know, people, you know, w- women like that. Maybe some guys like, he looks it. like, fine. he it's looks like an older Tyler Wade. I saw the video of him throwing. I was trying to zoom in to make sure they weren't trolling us with Tyler Wade throwing. I'm like, are we sure this is Jacoby? And, like, that's, like, I don't get that. I don't get how, like, you know, and maybe we'll talk about this with the Twitter segment. I don't get how you guys are fans of players because of what they look like. I don't care how attractive you think a guy is. These are baseball players. Looks is not going to get you on base. Well, let's dive right into it. So we're going to do a thing every, uh, you know, almost every week, whenever it makes sense, where we're going to talk about Yankees Twitter. Um, You... I don't know if you want me to describe it this way. Here's the vibe. You don't always love Yankees Twitter. And most of the time it's for a reason because you, uh, you do get, you get caught up in some of the awful takes yeah, that are out there. I definitely you do. let, you let the bad takes bother you. And so, you know, this is kind of your opportunity to, to air your grievances and kind of what's, what's grinding your gears on Yankees Twitter. Keith. I am a social media guy. So if people don't know my background, I worked for MTV doing social media as a social media coordinator for two years. That's where I met Jesus Romero. I worked at Fubo TV and built out their social media. I've been behind the scenes for them. And then I also worked at Rock Nation Sports, helping guys like Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, like just post stuff on Instagram. So I've been behind the scenes of a lot of things that have gone on on Twitter, on Instagram for big brands. And I've also been behind the scenes on just my brand, my namesake. And I watch these things and I see these things and I'm just like, a lot of times I'm just like, what makes people craft these tweets and then hit send? So like now we're like Yankees Twitter. Uh, if you're listening to this at me, follow me. I will add you to this list I'm making. I think I've got like 150 people for Yankees Twitter. Yankees Twitter is this phenomenon that I do not get. I know we have probably the biggest fan base on Twitter. We just have the biggest fan base in the world. So, of course, we have the biggest fan base on Twitter. But the range of hot takes and things that come out of Yankees Twitter blows my mind. Most of the time, I think I shouldn't be reading it because I do catch all the terrible takes. And in the, like, so what is, in the last, what is this in the last In the last week, I've seen 
too much sexualizing of this team. When I say sexualizing of this team, something good will happen around the team or someone will do anything and it's like, oh, I'm jizzing my pants. And like, this is a podcast. We can be a little bit vulgar. It's whatever. These are tweets coming from people online. So here's one. Jose writes, how can this not give you a boner as a male fan or get you wet as a female fan? And all it was was a quote from Aaron Judge saying um, two years ago, it's about 25 guys pulling the same rope and getting the job done. If one guy doesn't get it done, we've got 24 guys behind them. Aaron Judge. That doesn't do anything for me. Does that get you uh, – does that does do anything for your pants? Does that get you going, JJ? Okay. So I love sexualizing tweets around the Yankees. <laughs> but here's where I draw the line. So right now I am actually going to hit send on a tweet that if you're listening to this tomorrow, you can go back and look. Uh, today – there was a single from Aaron Judge, a double by Stanton, and then a double by Gary Sanchez. In a row, you get the push notifications, and I am tweeting that out with, these pants are going to need a new crotch put in. Hashtag Yankees. And now that's sent. Now, <laughs> You're just adding to it. You're just adding to it. <laughs> here's my thing with sexualizing these things. When you read a tweet like that, where the guy's like, this has to have you jizzing your pants and have ladies wet, that's tough. When we're getting into bodily fluid, I don't – just saying jizzing, having to read jizzing or wet, I'm not – you know, it's not for me. But saying, you know, I blew the crotch out of these pants in a home run or I'm very big on using the Rihanna gif where she says boner alert, I think that is hilarious. When you get into the – again, the bodily fluids, it's too much. I, I agree that's too much. Um, but, yeah. You know, sometimes you got to sexualize it. Let people know you're getting turned on by Yankee baseball. Not me. Baseball. I'm like, I don't know. You guys are suspect. These are dudes talking about other grown men playing baseball, and they're adding things like this. Um, shout out to Andrew because I talked. Not Andrew Rotondi. Not Andrew from BP. This is another Andrew. He says today, during this game, he goes, when Gary is hitting balls in the gap the other way, and then it's a picture of that, like, gif where, like, they hit the button, and on the button it says nut. So, I reply, I'm like, that's a good one. I'm like, why do you, why do we have to sexualize everything? He's like, this meme has been around forever. I'm like, I know, but there's a trend with Yankee fans sexualizing everything around this team. Like every time something happens, we're talking about Gary Sanchez hitting a spring training double and Yankees Twitter is nutting. Preacher man Keith doesn't like it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> hey, do you, whatever, whatever gets your rocks off, fine. But I'm coming on Double, Yankees Twitter. Double, doubles. <laughs> And games that don't matter. I'm coming on Twitter, and I'm trying to link with all the Yankee fans and talk about Yankees baseball. And there's a line that gets crossed habitually. Like, literally every day, there's a line that gets crossed. Like, I guess uh, Aaron Judge was in a Bloomingdale's ad. And all of the females that I saw talking about the Bloom, like, of course, where did it go with that? Like, even dudes. Dudes are like, oh, man, Aaron Judge, have my kids. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you on Twitter to do that? I'm going to have to look this up. I'll let you know if it's sexy. I mean, he was he was dressed very nicely. Aaron Judge is a good-looking dude. But, like, I can say that without putting my name next to a tweet and then putting out, like, feelings or, like, sexualized, I don't know, anything around, like, how I feel about the right fielder for the Yankees. Like, I feel like there's a line. We don't – we can talk sports without any type of, like, sexual anything. I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe, maybe I'm too mature. Maybe I'm being too much of a, of a preacher. But I'm like – I'm, every time I see this, I'm like, why is it always sexual? 
Well, I think because we're still just coming off Derek Jeter, who went through this city crotch first in the <laughs> 90s and 2000s. So, yeah, okay. What would Jeter do? So Jeter went through crotch first. Now Yankee fans are looking for the the next uh, humping Yankee to uh, just – no, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't have any Derek boners. I'm not coming. There's no nuts involved. Um, girls aren't getting wet. Well, maybe. I, like That would make more sense. But as these dudes are tweeting about these other grown men on our team and playing baseball – it doesn't have to go there, bro. It doesn't have to go there. So here's what I want the listeners to do, all right? If you can just tweet at Keith, at Keith underscore McPherson, and just let him know, I have a bad Yankees Twitter, and then he'll follow you, <laughs> and then you can just yeah, get I'll add all you to your the all- list. I'll wake up You'll in the morning. I'll read your hot takes. I'm going to have people, yeah. like, just tweeting me stuff like, oh, yeah, did you see? Like, no, like, I don't want to talk sex and baseball. I don't want to sexualize my baseball team. See, baseball for me, there's a lot of nostalgia involved, right? My mom got me into baseball very young, signed me up for Little League, used to drive me out to Pennsylvania to Little League baseball camp. I still feel like a kid watching baseball. As a grown man, when I see people talking about their boners and their pants and, oh, man, I'm so wet over this single that Aaron Judge hit. There's a there's a divide for me. I don't get down with it. Hey, I get it. It's nostalgic. It's your mom, all that stuff. <laughs> but with that, with without a little jizz, you wouldn't even be here. Who knows? Maybe it was a Don Mattingly double that got you here. Oh my no! You know, no. there's no there's no sex in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. There's definitely no sex in baseball. A lot of sex in baseball, <laughs> especially those tight pants. So we've got one more. One more segment to close out the day. And this is another area where we're going to look for you, the listeners, to help us out, to kind of give us topics. Uh, Me and Keith come from different backgrounds. We don't really even know uh, a ton about each other in terms of just like preferences as you're learning. You know, none of this is scripted. Um, So we're going to try to debate stuff every day. Sometimes Keith will have a Twitter, you know, thing that he hates that I also hate too. Uh, Not going to fake it, but... We're going to debate some stuff, kind of some hot topics that go on around Yankee Stadium, around Yankees, around baseball, whatever it may be. So you can tweet at us your ideas, uh, and I got to come up with a hashtag for it, but you tweet at George's Box Pod, and this week we are going to discuss my favorite thing to discuss with people uh, around the Yankees, and that is... People with names on the backs of their jerseys. Uh-oh. And in doing my research into Keith and just trying to figure out who this guy is, I think I know where he's going to land. So I'm going to let you go first, Keith. The New York Yankees, the greatest sports franchise of all time, who do not wear names on the back of their jerseys because it's 25 men as one. What do you think about fans who put uh, their name put names on the back of jerseys? I think once upon a time the New York Yankees were so famous that they didn't need names on the back of their jerseys. I think we have stayed with that traditional look, but the Yankees make money off of selling jerseys with their names on the back, the players' names on the back. Kids buy jerseys, and these kids' jerseys come in youth sizes with names on the back. Grown men, I've seen grown men buy kids' jerseys, a kid's, I don't know, double XL, and wear it with a Stanton written on the back. I'm fine with it. In my closet right now, I think I've got four or five Yankees jerseys that have names on the back. It is what it is. They sell them at Models. They sell them online. 
you're going to get a Yankee jersey with just a number. Cool. I have some Yankee jerseys with just a number. With just a number, they cost a little bit more to get the authentic jersey. Are you going to spend 200 bucks to get a jersey that's as it is on the field so you can feel authentic, get the authentic jersey? Or are you going to pay 100 bucks and get the 99 judge that says judge on the back? Judge got a cool name, cool number. Get both. I don't have a problem with it. And last but not least, when I was in the fan cave, they handed me an authentic jersey, completely blank, uh, pinstripes, Yankee jersey. I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? What did I do? I went to the Yankee store in Times Square when I used to work at MTV. Right next door, there was a, um, a Yankee store where they print jerseys, and they can put jerseys on the back. So I wanted a single digit, but I didn't want to be disrespectful. So I got zero. And when I put the zero on... Because you don't like Adam Octavino? No, this was when Octavino was in, in uh, Colorado. We didn't even know he was coming over this way. I just wanted a zero. And then I also have this like little Yankees koozie where there's a zero on the jersey that I like put on my beer. I have to take a picture of it sometime. But then to be super obnoxious, I'm like, all right, I put a zero on the back of my jersey. I'm going to look like even more of a loser and go to the stadium with this. I just put McPherson on the back. So you might see me in the stadium with a McPherson zero jersey. I actually wore it to Coachella last year. Like, it's the most obnoxious jersey. But it is fine. Let people enjoy things. Let people have jerseys with the names on the back. You Yankees Twitter people, I've seen you tweet about that too. Like, no names. No names. People put out a poll. What jersey should I get? Oh, it doesn't matter what jersey you get. Just get it with no name. I think it's fine. Put whatever name. Put your first name on the back of the jersey if you want to. It's your jersey. It's your money. Do what you want with it. And now, that is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. That is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. The New York Yankees do not wear names on the back of their jerseys. Why would you do the same? I also have a thing where I won't wear, I don't wear jerseys for uh, people younger than me. Like, I won't wear an Aaron Judge jersey. You're losing guys every year. You're losing guys. I'm a a grown man. He's a child. Yeah, because at a certain point, like, maybe I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't wear a jersey. So... Here's the thing. People always say, well, if you want to get the authentic with the number, yeah, it's more expensive, but you can get the cheaper jersey at Models with the name. That is false. You can get a non-authentic, cool-based jersey the same way as the one you get for the number, both $120. For some players, it's $120 versus $119.99. They cost the same. If you get a 25 jersey because you love... Mark Teixeira, Jason Giambi, guess what? You love Gliber Torres now. There's no, you don't have to buy new jerseys. You don't have to recycle it. It's not like all the money goes directly to the Yankees. It goes into a rev share. So now you're just helping the Brewers by buying different jerseys. And when you do it, it fuels so many people because the Yankees are similar to, you know, it's like, oh, Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers, these iconic teams that people all over the world love. And then when you go somewhere, I mean, if I go to a game, whether I go to Baltimore, I go, you know, Fenway, wherever it is, and I'm with someone who's not a Yankee fan, they will point out to me all of the people who have jerseys on with names and go, oh, that guy was a fan as of yesterday. That guy's been a fan for a week. I think when you put a name on the jersey, it uh, shows that it, it makes you look amateur. It makes it look like you haven't been around for a while. And uh, I did see the McPherson jersey, and I had really hoped that they had just given that to you in the fan cave, like fully done, and not that that was they did a, give it you know, to me. A, yeah, but the customization was a personal. That uh, was all me. Personal thing. That was all me. So listen, people out there tweeted us. 
I'm going to put out a poll, but definitely feel free to tweet at us at George's Box Pod on Twitter. What do you think? Are we supposed to uh, are we supposed to be you know wearing jerseys with names on it like we're crazy people, or are we just supposed to you know keep with tradition, uh, keep with you know just the thing that got us to 27 championships? Um, we want to hear what you think on that. We want to hear what you think on what else we should debate. I think you know what we're not going to say our sides. I want to debate the Yankees' facial hair policy. I want to talk about uh, the nets they put up in foul territory. The wave, things along those lines. The wave. We're going to talk about the wave. You know, so we got three. We need more. All right. I thought we we're not going to give out any more bad takes on this show, but okay. <laughs> so we will be with you. Every Wednesday morning, you wake up. Um, this is our first show. I think the first two are going out on the Bronx Pinstripe Show uh, feed, just so you can see kind of who we are, kind of get a feel for us. We'll have our own feed that we want you to go and check out. Uh, my dog, Jorge Sada is very excited about it, as you can hear in the background. So join us every Wednesday in Georgia's Box. As always, it's Keith McPherson at Keith underscore McPherson. Twitter, Instagram, follow him all over. Keith, you got anything else for the people? Yeah, just thanks for the support. Shout out to all my friends that shared the 20-minute intro, um, some of the stuff that we put online. We're building. This is the beginning. So there's going to be a lot more. Um, thank you for the people that are rocking with us right now as we build and as we grow. You know, Keep supporting and keep hitting us up and tell us what you want to hear and what you think. Can I tell you one thing I know? You got so much interaction. Like, I guess it's your friends and stuff. I realized that you are my real shot to at some point get pull off the elusive and uh, get involved in black Twitter, which yeah. is the greatest place on Twitter. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just need like you might get a text message like, yo, can you repeat? Can you retweet this one thing? I think it's going to get me in there. Um, you know, I'm really excited about it. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Barstool. Nope, not Barstool anymore. Follow me at JJ What's from that? the Bronx. I'm on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I will be at opening day. If you know what I look like, maybe you'll see me. Um, I'm going to be in Baltimore on April 6th. I think that's going to be a thing. We're going to try to get a bunch of people together, Bronx Pinstripes, Chapters, Crew, whatever. Uh, Colleen's helping put that together. Um, and then April 13th, there's a Bronx Pinstripes outing. I don't know when they stop selling tickets, so go to bronxpinstripes.com. I think it's maybe shop.bronxpinstripes.com. Buy tickets to that. Come out, hang out. We're going to be at the dugout. We're going to be drinking beers. Tony Brusconata's for everyone. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great season. Keith, I'm excited to work with you. And um, everyone, make sure, you know, get it in early and often. Put that PTO in. Probably about November 3rd-ish, you know, we're going to have a parade for us. So we're all going to want to be there. Woo! Thank you, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.